Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today we continue our 52-year journey through film. It's the beginning of November, baby, and I am joined mm. by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you today for the year 2014, as those who have been with us know, but as there might be some new guys. A new guy, listen up, rookie. Check this shit out. We're doing our 52-year journey through film. Uh, on the first day of the year, we covered a movie from 1970, MASH, and every Friday after that, we've covered a movie from the subsequent year. 71, 2, 3, 4, all the way through the 70s, all the way through the 80s, all the way through the 90s, all the way through the aughts now, and we've reached the halfway point of the 2010s. It is 2014, and we are talking Interstellar. Woohoo! Let's go, man. Yeah, this this has been one I've been waiting for for a little bit. Um, oh, it's it's and, it's been one that as soon as we decide, like when it came to the twenty the two thousands after mm-hmm. after the seventies eighties nineties all all the way two thousand through twenty twenty two, these have been the ones we've changed the most. Mm. You know, we That's fucked just... we fucked with the two thousands movies the most, like as far as what we're gonna cover from what it was initially conceptualized to what it has become mm. and interstellar never moved. Yeah, it was, I'm thinking like back to whenever this list was first being filled out in the first place. Like, I, I feel like this one was like, months. Oh, when did interstellar come out? Oh, 2014. Yeah. Okay. Slip it in there. So we'll throw that in oh. 2014. Now you're <laughs> right. You're right, man. Uh, cause this is one that I've regarded as like a top 10 favorite movie of mine of all time. And I think, Methinks it mm. remains the case uh, mm. post post this most recent watch. I mean, this was like my fifth or sixth watch now, you know, like I'm not like mm. uh, it's not like it's my second watch. And I was like, oh, yeah, in for another fucking banger. Now, like I know this movie is good, you know, mm. like I know it's good. I know the parts of the movie. I'm ready to I'm ready to fucking talk on it. We've never talked it on the podcast ever. So mm. like uh, this, is a, this is a brand brand new brand sp- banking new topic for us uh so let me uh, let me lay the groundwork real quick interestingly enough it is november 4th today but uh interstellar released november 7th 2014 so almost eight years that. almost eight years to the day since interstellar was released it was written by jonathan and christopher nolan jonathan nolan also helped write you know first two seasons of westworld and uh this is directed by christopher nolan so, uh, man, let's let's get into it. Uh, how, how have you previously regarded this movie before coming into it? Um, it's, I mean, I'm I'm a nerd. Complete sci- like physics and sciences is my my shit, and this movie is just like a nerd's wet dream in the first place. 
Um, but then just as like a, a normal movie, like that's what I kind of did this time was watch it as like, you know, throw all the science and stuff that I'm like ooey gooey about out Mm. and just let me see if I like, if I really still like this movie. And like, I think I have a different appreciation for the story this watch than I have before. Like, and I really like honed in on like, it's not just them going through wormholes and getting close to a black hole. It's like, nah. Like it's it's about love throughout the universe, dude. Yeah, man. Like and yeah, that's man. Like, that um, shit that's the shit that anchors it for me. I know you've you've talked about you you just talked about how you're a bit of a science nerd and stuff, but like I never have been. Mm. So like the first time I watch this movie, all I'm watching it for is its story and the science is kind of going, but I get the general idea of what we're about to do. You know, like it's going over mm. my head, but I, I understand what's about to happen and why it's important. But uh Yo, uh, one of my favorite things about this movie is that it is tied together by an element that is movie, movie like. Mm. It's not, it's not based in science we know or th- anything, you know, like it's just love is the only thing we can see outside the dimensions of space and time. The only thing we can feel outside of space and time. And like, oh my God, I love that idea. You know, I actually had a, had a co-worker just this last week who asked me, you know, uh, he's asked about the podcast, what, like, what movie we were on this week, and mm. we talked about Interstellar earlier in the day, and I was like, Interstellar, actually, so that's that's going to be fun, and he was like, oh, yeah, man, I really like that movie for the most part, but the end, fucking corny, and I went, really? oh, man, I went, oh, man, we don't have the same taste at all. Oh, come on. That's, I don't know, that, that whenever I was kind of, like, I've looked like just seen a lot of videos and stuff over interstellar and that's kind of the what what will split people and on this movie is that they'll be like yeah it was really good up until the end there you know until um i and i don't know like uh i don't know what people were expecting you know this isn't like a movie with aliens or or like so far in the distant future to where it feels like unreal you know like this is it's in the future it's Um, it's important that you say that too because i was watching this and it was like i was looking at the structure of their ships and everything and i was like it's so interesting that this is technically a science fiction movie it feels just how it would go right like that's my thing like i'm watching it and i'm like i thought of it as a science fiction movie for a second and i went that weirdly doesn't feel right i mean i know it is but like just when i'm watching it it doesn't feel like fiction it just feels like these events are unfolding and and they even throw in um those um like little interviews of like um the documentary that they what we learned to be like people living through the time period that lived you know these are survivors of earth basically that that have gone on the spaceship whatever happened um which is you know cool you know you start watching you're like is this based on a true story is right it's kind of like the titanic well i guess the titanic that was the actual lady or no 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 but it actually was okay anyway but um based on yeah like the 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 first like part of the movie until he leaves it's really like very very grounded on earth and it's just like yeah he there doesn't were... leave for like 50 minutes into the movie mm. Dang. like they let you they let you breathe with him and his kids for a while before they accelerate shit to a different level because 
because like there was a way I was watching this movie differently this time. Like I was paying attention to the pace of it. I wasn't just letting it unfold before me. You know, I was like, all right, I want to know when things happen in relativity to the runtime and stuff. And like, this is a two hour and 48 minute movie. Mm-hmm. And they go down to the planet that bends time for them an hour and 10 minutes in. It's relatively early in the movie. Like, like it's that in the first nuts. half of the movie, which, mm-hmm. like, I was like, holy fucking shit, we're already here, you know? Like, I'm like, where do they go before they go to that planet? Mm. They don't go anywhere before they go to that planet. That's the first stop. And it's like, oh, my God. I, I don't yeah. know why I forgot that, but I was just like, that's insane. It's kind of nuts, like, thinking of their journey. Because, like, while you're watching the movie, it's, like, these big – like, once he leaves, it, like – it just keeps going and go, like building and building and building and building. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say the like the gravitational like anomaly, like them figuring it out. You know, like the ghost, the little ghost. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like it's cool and it's like okay, this is interesting. I want to see where this is going. But then like once he leaves and they're starting to make these big decisions and they're like, oh yeah, uh, we spend an hour down there. That's that's seven years on Earth or whatever. Like eight, seven, eight years every seven, hour yeah. we spend down there, and then like something goes bad and you know your first watch you're not thinking like oh this is going to cost them a lot of time you're just like i hope they get out of this alive but then then you you go back up and you're like oh no 23 years dude like and that's like that's legitimate science that's that's not fake that is not science fiction that's just real shit like the more and more i watch the movie knowing what happens like knowing that they're losing all this time or knowing that like I know this guy is a coward and he's going to turn on him and like knowing all these little things and knowing like where it goes it just makes the movie it's like fine wine it just gets better every time I watch it and you know that that applies for me specifically to Matt Damon's part in this movie he's only in it for like 12 15 minutes of screen time uh, Dang. Like he is not in it for long, and I mean, like I think they mm. intercut his scenes with other stuff, but he's not in the movie for more than like mm. I'd say max twenty minutes on screen, and that's I think that's pushing it. Um, like the way they set the tone for his character so early on, and such a like he is very convincingly cool, all right, doing okay, you Man. know. They uh, really made you like him too. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this dude's cool!" Like, he's yeah. like, the he sees Martian a face for the wait, first time, and man, he just <laughs> did the Martian come out yet? No, it, can't, this... it came out so the next year. Martian, okay, so this is pre-Martian. I think. Anyway, I think it's pre-Martian. Um, but that would, oh yeah, Martian was 2015. But um, I don't know. That that was kind of like a thing I, I realized is like, man, he like really for the short time like put in quite the performance like especially um when he starts like monologuing to him oh um, yeah you know you talk about like oh do you see their faces well because there's oh. that there's that it's intercut with the scene where uh murph is back home burning uh, oh, her family's yes. crops oh my god and it's Dude. playing that song from the soundtrack that it's just building up building up building up to for infinity that song that song 
somehow simultaneously always hits and is constantly building up. It's fucking insane. Mm. Uh, like this soundtrack is berserk, but the mm. power of that scene where Matt Damon is like, uh, you know, do you see your children's faces? Uh, I thought I could watch. I thought I could watch you do this. I can't. I can't. Do you remember the the poem? Brandon oh. would read you. <laughs> of course, man. This dude and like he he had to get in like a like a quote, you know, every like moment because even whenever like right before he died and like pulled like the airlock, he started to say like there comes a moment. Yeah, and, you know, like he was gonna go on a whole. A yeah, whole I mean, like he's been chilling out on this planet alone for years. He was probably just like, man, I'm gonna plan the shit out of this thing. That is kind of crazy. Like. 12 people sent out just randomly to a planet and they're like we don't know if you're gonna live at all you're probably not going to on this planet go to it if it is good let us know if not a you sacrificed yourself for humanity damn like holy crap and i don't know i think um another part that i really picked out of the movie that i like more than others is that like there wasn't any crazy alien species or like you know or or i guess it's kind of up in the air but they really kind of make you think that this is just humans in the future yeah doing the doing the same thing that um, i get that i get that impression you know like I, i i certainly do which is like it's crazy that like the more and more you think of the story, the more and more it bends your mind. But then the more and more you think of like just the science, it bends your mind too. Like no matter like what aspect of this movie you think about, you like you could just always go deeper. Like it mm. feels like. Um, but I mean, I've already put them <laughs> in our nominations for soundtrack writing and directing. I feel like of course, that was, the 20, the 2010 um, awards, uh, yeah. crucial, crucial consideration while we're, while we're traveling through the decade. So I wanted to ask you, I have, I have a few, I have a few, if set design kind of works here and if like, because they legitimately like designed black hole simulations, like for this move, like I mean, the most and- accurate one we've ever had to date. For that shit movie. is I, mad impressive, you know. I don't know um, if that counts as set design, though. You know, really. I think but. I think the way we counted Inception in the 2010s, mm. sure, we could probably go ahead and uh, throw in Interstellar, uh, just because they're just both these the sets are these epic CG mm. uh, masterpieces. You know, like even the planet Matt Damon was on, or you know, even on a lower scale, that is probably there. Sure. Their ships. Uh, being on the inside of of their oh that's true the, their ship the like, endurance the the, okay. uh, the house yeah, yeah, yeah. the the house in the middle mm. of fucking nowhere like all all those places are sets the downtown city like I think those are all pretty cool like uh, I think that it, it did mm. a good job of building the world I wasn't like actively in my mind like oh this is a soundstage or anything you know like they were very convincingly mm. where they were um, so I, I think set design's fair for Interstellar. And uh, I, I have some questions about costume design. Mm. I think I think this is probably worthy. Um, I think the the spacesuits are really cool. Uh, you know, they're they're not mm. obvious spacesuits. Like they don't look exactly like the ones we have, but they do look advanced in a in a small, slight way. Uh, that uh, 
is mm. frankly really cool. Um, yeah, they just did, they did a like even the little little arm booster things. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, that that was sick. Yeah, they were like uh, they just did they did really well with I don't know like the the look of everything. Like it just. Oh, and I like how they had like the different colored suits to uh, mm. emblemize the the time passage. Like they were once these red suits that, or orange suits that Matt Damon was rocking and shit. Mm. Like they, they they switch it up for you a few times, which is cool. Mm. Man, yeah, I think I think it is worthy of of costume design. I mean, as far I mean, we only have Django in there right now. Um, you know, it is. Kinda... You know, I don't know if it wins there, but still. But good, I think. Yeah, definitely. That no doubt soundtrack is, is getting a getting a nod there. I mean, yeah. So Hans Zimmer with his second <laughs> nomination of the decade. <laughs> hmm. I guess we should credit. Oh yeah, I always of, do in my I always this, in my notes. Do this, Hans Zimmer. Instead of that's just like yeah, but uh. Nah, this this is like one of my favorite soundtracks just of all time of a movie. Oh yeah, and I this uh, this is whenever I was building that movie and TV soundtrack playlist, you know, mm. like I I was mostly adding soundtracks that we'd been watching on watching for the podcast or listening to for the podcast. And but one of the first ones I added was obviously Interstellar. I was like, uh, mm. "We get all the Star Wars movies, and I'm gonna get Interstellar." There's no doubt about it. That's uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna make happen real quick <laughs> because mm. it's too damn good. It is pretty. I mean, it, this is I usually like a soundtrack more if it's real songs that I know, but picked well for a movie. Mm. But this is a score that I. Like I hold to the same esteem as like a Star Wars or an Indiana Jones or like a like this is a score that like while I'm watching the movie, if the music was not here, I don't think I would be feeling what I'm feeling. Oh no, not uh, at all. I like the moment early on in the movie where uh, they're chasing the drone through the field. Uh, mm. very early on in the movie where you know Timothy Chalamet is driving and. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to chase him down and like there's a music swell there that is strong and it's like they play any other song that moment doesn't feel anywhere near as impactful you know like it's just kind of like a it's a dull scene without the soundtrack they've got going there yeah this is a good song this is that song is actually the most streamed song out of any of the entire album I guess well, it makes yeah, it makes sense. It's kind I of I think the, it's the I think it's weaved theme. throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's, like... it's the main theme of uh, kind of of his and his daughter's relationship. You know, like everything that every time it swells, it's because something that is affecting them directly is a ha- is happening. Mm. Um, and it wasn't like I don't know the like it, it kind of have you kind of have a feeling that like. Uh, that like Matthew McConaughey was the chosen one, you know, like of the movie. You kind of like th- this is he like this is what the movie like who the movie's about, you know, or whatever. Like he's the one who's you know kind of been put in this 
underdog seat that, you know, he's not supposed to win or come out of, but you know, he's going to do it. But then mm-hmm. like, then you realize that like, he's just, you know, he's, he's just helping. Help- he's helping really set up more. for. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and it's just all for his daughter. And, and there's a moment, um, where he realizes it, that he's like, oh, they chose her. Yeah. And he is so excited. Like it, it fills him with instant joy that he's it's so him, proud that it's her and not him. He's so like, proud. He's like, Oh, you gotta be fucking with me. That makes me so goddamn happy. Marv, mm. Marv. And uh, then, Oh, and then he's like in the hospital too, or on the oh. ship, whatever. And they're like, Oh, like he's, he's like, Oh, thank you for naming it after me. And they're and like, like, Oh yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we named it after your daughter, Bucko. Mm. She's uh, much, much more impactful to us directly. I want to ask you, because every time I watch it, I get the same feeling. Whenever he walks in on Murph, like whenever she's old, he is still young, mm. 120, still whatever. The other family that's in there, they look at him as if he's like, I don't know. They look at him like weirdly. The other family, like I don't know. I get this very weird vibe that, like, for some reason, the family just doesn't like like him. I, I like I don't know why. Um, I'm he walks in the room. I, I, the the impression awful. I've always gotten, the impression I've always gotten is those are his descendants. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, they're those just are like, his grandkids. And great I think it's grandkids. Yeah, like I think they're like, holy fucking shit, this is my great great grandpa. <laughs> and he is like a grandchild is probably around the same age as him now. Yeah, yeah. Which is like like I mean, I guess that's never really happened in the history of time, you know. I guess a right. family's never had to deal with that, so I don't know what that would look like. But um, I don't know. It was it was nice. Uh, whenever she was like, you know, no, no fathers have to watch their daughter die, and then they're they're both like, like fair, you know, like I have my other family here. Um, you gotta go. You gotta go get her. You gotta go complete your mission. You know, you're you're not done. You know, like, um, and like, I don't know. It's crazy going like watching the movie for the first time. And having all of these things come like come into play and not knowing what's going to happen. Oh man, it's but, like this is one of the most fulfilling first viewings of a film you can ever have. Hmm. Uh, Honestly, like, it's kind of confusing though on first watch. Like, oh yeah, certainly. You know, like I showed, I showed em- like hmm. I, I really was excited to show Emily this movie when, like, and I showed her this probably a good year and a half ago now, probably pretty early on that I showed, I showed her interstellar, but you know, when I did, I was like, I was so excited to watch it for the first time with someone else, like Mm. someone else who was watching it for the first time. I love doing Mm. that. I love experiencing that. This was a good one. All the moments that were supposed to hit hit. It wasn't like a shoot, shoot. Like the movie is perfectly, accessible you do have to pay attention you can't zone Mm. out like uh but it is it is absolutely like if you're paying attention you're gonna get this movie the science isn't so over the top and 
impossible to grasp that like uh it's it's perfectly watchable and they do have moments of exposition you know like uh when we do see the spherical black hole mm. and rom explains it to uh explains it to cooper where he's like uh yeah so you know it takes connects two spots but mm. we fold it together and you can go through but we unfold it we can only see one dimension of it and it was like ah moment for the crowd so everyone understands why we see mm-hmm. black holes as uh as as circles wormhole in this case wormhole yes um so yeah even more fuckery like even yeah. more but um i don't know that that was like honestly i did not i didn't know what the fuck a wormhole was before this movie i've i i thought it was just some sci-fi like uh yeah, I didn't, just some sci-fi act, stuff. like there was an actual potentiality oh. of it oh shit okay like and he the, and i remember like it because we we watched this in physics class Yes, yeah, um, and like our teacher used that as like a legit like you know he talked to us about it like after class he's like no yeah that's that's like sound that's like legit and I was like oh okay shit oh cool bet, um, bet. yeah I remember Dor showing us that uh my junior year and like uh, yeah, that was my first watch of the movie mm. uh, so I got it in like forty five <laughs> minute segments mm. uh, and I remember every day just being like. Oh fuck! I cannot wait for Dorsch's class so I can watch the next part of Interstellar in, today. That would be an insane way to watch it for the first time, like through class, having to take. It was mad effective. Yeah. It was mad effective yeah, because yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> like I really took in those forty-five minutes and then had to think on them for the whole next day Dang. until I got there again. You got it like a TV show, yeah, kind of like a like a you got like some cliffhangers. Like, oh my god, what? the heck is gonna happen one of the cliffhangers was like right when matt damon fucking pushed matthew mcconaughey Uh, (laughs) like, are you fucking kidding me (laughs) dang that would suck to have to leave but i don't know yeah that that would be nuts i remember being like i'll be back tomorrow Mm. but man yeah this like the thing is about a black hole you wouldn't see anything uh, cause it just, it sucks in everything. Yeah. They have to visualize uh, it somehow. Like, though. or maybe we don't really know, but we think we know, but like the, it just looks so beautiful. Like in, in this is not like just made up for a movie. Like this is legitimately how a black hole would look if we could see it, mm. which doesn't make sense at all. And I don't really want to try to even understand, but like this, like the amount of actual science that they went through for this movie is like actually insane. Like, and it's correct. Like a lot of it is very correct. And like, there's obviously parts that are withheld for story, you know, oh, like yeah. those, those arm boosters, uh, no chance it's, it's, it's launch them 20 feet in the air with 80% of Earth's gravity, but like, I don't care. Um, I don't care at all. Like, I, I don't, there's those parts, like, do not bother me whatsoever. Um, now, yeah, they're very convincing in the moment, you know. Like, I'd no, say no the, the hardest, um, first watch part that, that I didn't really get right away was whenever they had to escape the gravitational pull from the black hole 
like this is the, mm-hmm. like the very end and whenever he like sacrifices him, him and Tars, they have to like let themselves go yeah, in order fall, to yeah. let her free. Like, I, I think that's the concept that's kind of easy to understand as like, okay, he's just sacrificing himself so that she can live. Mm-hmm. But then like thinking about what's actually happening in that moment was kind of like, wait, like this was part of like the plan, like for Tars and then like, and then like they were going to sit like, I don't know. It was just kind of like jumbled and like, okay, so they're, in the black hole now and she's just like floating off but like still right there she has still has to go like i, I don't know it's just kind of um a little much there i'd say it's just because so much was happening at once that you had to like put it all together quickly yeah it's but, it can um, it can be quite a bit here uh but man i, I uh There are a lot of really cool relationships formed over the course of this movie, which is probably Mm. the best. Like, every time... Like, this could have been a simple sci-fi action movie. And it's not. You know, like, every relationship formed makes makes it a hard-hitting drama. You know, uh, Cooper's Cooper's relationship to his kids, his relationship to Anne Hathaway... Uh, his relationship to Brand, uh, their relationships to Brand, his daughter's relationship to Brand, like all of the connections formed over the course of this, him and his father-in-law. Like, there's so many like uh, random little things that you actually feel and care about, and they make impactful in such a short time. Mm. Um, like, yeah, even at the beginning, like the just uh, whenever he had to go to his parent-teacher conference, mm. you know, like. Kind of sounds, but like in a space movie, like oh, we're really like in school right now or whatever. But like I don't know, it's kind we of we haven't like... even yeah, like we haven't even really touched on mm. the whole situation on Earth, like mm. the potentiality of something like that. Mm. Um, and he just tells him off, you know. He just he does his Matthew McConaughey thing to to the the teacher and the, and the principal there, but uh, asked about his waist and his inseam. Um, yeah, that, that tells me it takes two measurements. Yeah. To, <laughs> takes two measurements to measure your own ass. But one to measure my son's future. Fair. I mean, fair point there, you know. Oh, very fair. Um, but I, I was trying to think of, like, who's the lead actress for this movie? So I, I had a similar thought. I do think it's Anne Hathaway just because she plays her character throughout the entirety of the movie. Uh, Murph fair. isn't introduced until about, uh, well, after after they come off of the the planet that distorted time. So a good hour and a half into the movie is when uh, Murph makes her debut on screen as Jessica Chastain presents her. Uh, but yeah, I definitely go Anne Hathaway as brand is, is, is definitely a nom for best, best lead actress. And then with zero doubt, Jessica Chastain is uh, in the running for best supporting actress, because like, I'd almost be like tempted to put them both in the leading actress category, which I know like, isn't technically possible. I don't think, but, uh, Mm. you know, fuck it. Uh, she was, she was absolutely stellar. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think Matthew McConaughey, no doubt Mm. is, is a nod for best actor for our decade awards. Uh, like whenever he does come off that planet and he's sitting there watching the videos, man, I can, I, that shit makes me cry, cry. Like, this was like my fifth time watching it, and I'm still crying at that part, bro. Like, it's so fucking devastating. Like, there's a, 
like it shows just the video being played for a good like minute straight and then it cuts back to and his he's face just fucking sobbing oh my god dude and you're just i'm just like <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> like i was already like tearing up but then like they cut to him and he's sobbing it just breaks it breaks the levees and oh, you're like oh no yeah no oh, no yeah that that is it's a guaranteed cry every there's a lot of cries in this movie um yeah, and a I mean, lot of them when she pops up on the screen and is like it's my birthday and I, as soon as she says that every time now, I get, I get like a te- one single tear runs down the cheek, you know, and then like the rest of the scene unfolds. And by the end of it, I'm just crying my ass off. It's just so strong, dude. Mm. And uh, like whenever he's telling himself to stay, but you don't know that it's him at first. And, you know, he, not like, you know, we know that he's banging on the bookshelf screaming like, no, make him, make me stay, make, but then like. You know, first watch, you're not thinking anything like that at all. No, now, at every all. time I watch this movie, like, every time it refers to, like, like, that moment, I'm like, shit, fuck. Okay, there, here, here I go again. Or And, you know, it's him on the other side of the wall going, like, no, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Don't go. Don't and, like, go. Like, what more of a beautiful way to get Murph to, like, come back around on her dad, right? Like, she thinks that, you know, he abandoned him. He knew that he was leaving her. Um, and she, she's been pissed at him ever since. Um, the you most, know. that's the most important resolution of this movie. Oh, mm. uh, without Your Murph life. forgiving her dad. Oh, this movie doesn't hit anywhere, anywhere near the level it did. Like that part just ties the whole story together in a way that makes you just go. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Finally. Like. It's it's crazy. Like it's not even Murph realizes it. Like on her own, it's kind of like they both realize it at the same time. He's like, "Oh wait, I'm the like I'm here. I'm the gravitational like, anomaly." Um, and man, that those visuals love like, Tars love. Mm. <laughs> I like yeah that that was nice that that Tars you know he had someone to talk to in there and kind of like Tars explained it a little bit where he's like, "Yeah, these fifth dimensional beings." constructed this you know thing for you so that you could see it you know you're like um and i was like oh the first time i watched this i'm like what the like i just that's an important explanation too because like first time i watch it i don't get that like so Mm -hmm. i like i move from this my first time watching it like what the fuck was that plane what the fuck's going on there and Mm -hmm. then like to know they built it it's not a it's not a natural phenomenon. They created it to exist mm. here for him. Like, uh, oh, it's just that makes mind it... bending. Like, right. So, to think of this in like a timeline, maybe like some freaking way down the line, whenever humans or whatever the hell we are can understand higher dimensions because whenever that happens they're like okay yeah we need to save humanity but like why would they why would they need to go back so far in time to like save humanity you know or like i I, like that's the part that's that like um and maybe it's like uh the way i i I, like kind of think about it now whenever i watch it is that like um 
love is this kind of like it, it's a thing that transcends just time or anything and like it always mm-hmm. like it helps humanity survive and i think like instead of it being like they had to choose this one moment in time to save humanity whatever i feel like this is happening like all the time like mm, every yeah. each little bit where humanity needs to be saved not like all the time but like um each like big i don't know event in humanity where it came close or something like these things are constructed it's found you know through this beautiful way and like mm. um like what more beautiful way of of an infinitely big just little girl's bedroom you know that is interesting like, what i wonder when these beings mm, are from right you know yeah obviously like a... way or, or that's the thing is that like time doesn't mean anything to them because they can literally look through time like yeah. they don't experience time like we do they see in the fifth dimension time is a dimension for them well i guess it's a dimension for us but it's a visible dimension for them and they can actually interact with it and they can interact with gravity too so they're like we, there's no way that we can comprehend whatever the hell they're on whatever the hell they are yeah or and how like, that this works is, this construct thing is is the closest thing that we can maybe think that it's like and it's not even like there's literally no way to know we have zero clue absolutely zero clue like um it's crazy whenever you think um because we live just in a a three-dimensional world we've seen everything our whole lives is three dimensions we can't think of anything else and like it's impossible to think of fourth dimension but like going one step down like if you go into the two-dimensional world like a sphere just looks like a straight up flat circle, you know? Yeah. And so like, whenever you think of like going down a dimension, it kind of makes sense. Like a sphere would just look like a circle, but they have no way of knowing that's a sphere at all. So like, it's what's just a, a circle. What's the next step of a sphere going up, you know, or what's the next step of a cube, you know? And it's like, that's where it gets impossible. But like, I feel like they did like this visually, like this construct thing, I don't know. I think like it made sense for the story and it wasn't Comes too, together quite too nice crazy. Thing, yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. Like it's just her bedroom and Tars, you know, explains that they built this here for you. You know, this is your way of communicating. This is how you're going to have to fix it. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. And okay, then, I'm in, I'm in. It's like, no, we built this. It's love, Tars. It's love. And love, it starts Tars. Iron love. Man and Yeah, it starts Iron Man and going all the way through. And, oh, yeah. Oh man, yep. what's that, sir? Love, Tars. Love, God. <laughs> I, every time, like that's my that is my quote from this movie. Anytime someone asks me something and the answer like <laughs> can be love, I'm gonna go love, Tars. Mm. Love, mm. and they're gonna go what? And I'm gonna go never mind. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, it, like that's just every time. And you know, a, a performance that I don't think we we've given enough credit here, uh, Mackenzie Foy as young murph mm. uh she did stellar early on in this movie you know she was a very convincing uh strong capable young woman you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like she uh she had that shit unlocked y- young girl she uh she mm. kind of uh she kind of killed that shit and it's uh you know her being siblings with a young timothy chalamet mm. uh which is <laughs> just Fucking yeah. hilarious seeing him in this casting. It's 
uh, freaking oh my god, I always I was about to say Mark Wahlberg. Um, for some reason, I always get Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon confused. But Matt Damon is just not even on here. Well, uh, I think that's what's interesting is I think he's a he's a surprise. Like oh. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Is that Matt Damon just in like this random tiny role? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, finally down there. Way uh, down on the on, way down. on the actual. But man, yeah, that's um, great. Like, I don't think I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any. I don't know. Are there any others besides Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey, and and uh, Jessica Chastain that you wanting to? Hmm. I mean, Rom. I would consider uh, Rom. I liked I liked his actor a lot. I thought he did a really really good job. Um, you know, mm. whenever they come back from the planet, oh, he's like, and he's I've like, been uh, waiting for years. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, uh, how long? How didn't you sleep? And he's like, I did a couple mm. times. Oh, that was rough. That was like. Uh, and then, and then he blows, and then like him blowing up. Is I was like, like, "Fuck this!" He couldn't have made it off with Anne Hathaway. This could have been just fine. You you built up the stakes enough for me here in the last couple seconds. So you're about to kill Matt Damon. I get it. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. That whole part of the movie, like whenever Matt Damon gets introduced, and like you're thinking, like, "Oh yeah, this." I don't know what, what's this surface gonna look like. You know, what's this? sick uh planet gonna like i don't know i'm trusting oh, that like, whatever he's first. like a, yeah, like i never thought i never thought i'd see anyone again he's like yeah. uh i couldn't i i knew that i needed you guys to come get me i wanted to press that button so bad over the years and you can tell like something weird's happening you're like yeah what the fuck changed in his demeanor what the fuck's what the yeah. fuck's he talking about and kind of like what are you talking about he's like hmm. hey man sorry Whenever you do know that he turns, like, the first question he asks, like, he sees, you know, uh, Cooper's face and hugs him. But then he's like, um, uh, well, how are the other planets? Like, what what are the other planets like? Like, surely I'm not the only one, right? Because he's he knows that his planet's fucked. And, like, he, he like, knows his only, like, way of surviving is, like, if there's another planet that, that's out there that... You know, ended up working. So, like, his first question was, uh, like, immediately, are there other planets that are good? Yeah, like, you I know? remember, I, I, and, like, there's also that part where it's either TARS or Case. I can't, I, so, sometimes mm. I can't tell the difference between mm. them. And, uh, but he's asking, they're asking if they should, uh, fix up Kip, his little droid thing. And he's like, uh, he's like, nah, it needs a human touch. But that's because as soon as a human figures it out, it'll be too late. Like, uh, Was that really his plan? Or, like, was that his way of going if he wanted to go? You know? Like, cause oh, yeah. I, I never, like, did he really plan that I think someone I get in the, the impression he would... rigged it for that purpose. Like, he told them there was important information. His data was on it. Like, That's uh, true. That's true. Like, he Obviously knew someone was going to go been. through it. Uh, he, and he was probably like... I, in fact, don't want to die. So make sure I'm not here when you look through that. That's true. Uh, I guess he he did try to kill Cooper. He wanted to get rid of everyone and him, like, pretty much be the only one left, actually. So fair. Yeah, he did want to kill everyone. 
I guess just well, and Anne Hathaway would have still been there had she not heard from Matthew McConaughey. Uh, that's true. That's right. Yeah, she was just outside, like right outside of it, doing some like I don't know, right inventory or something. <laughs> inventory. Then... She's counting the pieces. Mm, man, but I love like in the soundtrack you hear like a clock ticking, mm. like one second like go by, and like during the whenever they're on the planet where one hour is seven years or whatever, like you hear this, like there's no music really for a little bit, but you still hear like the ticking of the clock. Like just to, to just let you know that like each one of these seconds is. Yo, that realization the first time you're watching it, whenever they're like, those aren't mountains. Oh, and those are, those are going away from us. So, and he like turns around and looks what's right behind him, and he's like, "Holy fucking shit! Get your asses back here! Yeah. Oh my fucking god!" Mountains. He's like, "Oh wait, those aren't mountains. Why are they getting bigger? Why are they getting closer?" Oh, uh oh, <laughs> that's not good, dude. That's... That, hey man, space is scary. Yes, it okay. is. Space, space is freaky. Like uh, the in, the infinite nature, seemingly from the naked eye uh as far in any direction as you want to go certain death headed your way if you're if you're just out there um Mm-mm. the the idea of this massive fucking wave barreling towards me it's almost every bit as bad that's almost every bit as bad uh that shit is horrifying mm yeah, and someone was just tasked to go to that planet, you know, go there oh, and, the whole, and maybe like, in the time curvature, she just got oh, here a couple hours yeah. ago. She might have died minutes ago. Yeah, minutes like she was there and she she knew that no one was going to say like no, no matter what. She was so close to the black hole that like even if she stayed on there for like I guess she would really only have to stay alive for, like, 10 hours, really. Because, like, 10 hours is freaking 70 I mean, years. How are you going to survive 10 hours where <laughs> every every 45 fucking minutes, this, there's a giant fucking wave coming for hey, you? Hey, lucky enough, it was, like, there's a surface there. It could have been, like, a deep-ass ocean floor, you know, true, where they couldn't true. be they landing, could've... you know, yeah. like... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that was rough. It's even wilder to think about. And is that why there's, it's so low? Because there's giant fucking waves with all the water? Damn. Probably. Yeah. Oh my god. The moon is like what controls our, like, tides and waves? Because it's the like literally hole. holding the water? But yeah. The, there's a black hole pulling that water. Yeah. So like, damn. That I, wow, I've never I've never thought about that until. Yeah, now. if we had a black hole pulling our water, uh, the whole planet would be covered in water. Fuck space, dude. It's too. Fuck it's space, dude. You know, it, it's like we we're living in such a weird time where like. Obviously, we're not going to, like, other solar systems or, like, 
any other habitable planet in our lifetime. Like that's that's just not happening. But like, um, there's so many things that are happening that are like world changing. It feels like in our lifetime. Um, and like I I don't know. I feel like this future of you know where they only have corn left. That's it. Like you know like. It's not just Ireland where they had to make potatoes in just one country. Like it's like the world is struggling for food. It's like, I don't know, like maybe my kids lifetime, like they're struggling and farmers like are needed bad. Like they're, you know, like saying in here and um, not like that's that might be the most scary part of this movie. What's interesting, too, is that I get the impression we are not. We are. Matthew McConaughey's father-in-law's generation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like, it seems that every other day there's a new gadget. There was a new thing. There's a new gadget coming out. New, new something every day. Like we are the grandparents of the generation experiencing Matthew (laughs) of, of like Matthew McConaughey's kids Mm. in this movie. Um, which is just so wild to think about that. Like if it were to happen, that would still be within our lifetime. Like, uh, that's scary. You know, like I, uh, and it's, it doesn't seem to be heading in the right direction, you know, to, to the, to the place where, cause I mean, there's been a lot more about that sort of shit burning of fields in the news lately than there has been hmm. uh, my whole fucking life. Uh, which is like, uh, ooh, freaky shit, freaky shit, uh, sad shit. Like, uh, what, what are we gonna do? Yeah, and like knowing that, even if you, you do have food, whatever, like you'll eventually suffocate. You know, it's like, in no way they would tell humanity that fact. You know, you like if if this were to actually like, they would keep it a secret. Because oh yeah. No way they're gonna be like, oh yeah, at this time. You're not going to have enough air to breathe, like out of like. Well, it, that's yeah. Like you'd you'd create just a chaotic fucking place. Uh, you might as well work to figure it out without telling anybody. But that's the thing is like, if you do tell everybody, then it unlocks like an ever burning motivation to get it fixed it's either everyone's gonna it's gonna turn to chaos and everyone's just gonna like kill each other and just do whatever they want or it's gonna be like we need to work together to fix this or we are literally dead you know like if people i think like if we could fast forward 30 years in the future and see the consequences of like the things we're doing to earth now say it gets really bad in 30 years if we could show that to someone like be like hey this is what it it will be like in 30 years no matter what we will have a terror like this it's not going to be fun i think a lot of people would, would wake up more and be like oh shit like we are we doing a, do we're doing yeah. a lot of bad shit but like if it's a situation where it literally is the end of the species i don't know if it goes to chaos or if you know or or, or i mean that. like i the the optimist in me would sure hope not, mm. but I I am firmly in a camp, in my understanding of at the very least, mm. Americans. 
that uh, yeah, that half of us, yeah, maybe more than half, maybe more than half, like maybe say seventy thirty split here, mm. uh, would band together. Good thirty percent of us <laughs> would be doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah, uh, I there, there, that's sort of uh, that's sort of my perception of it, and maybe maybe seventy thirty is also a bit optimistic, but uh. <laughs> Yeah. 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 But any hoozle, what if we did uh what if we did the ratings for the uh for the film? You re- you ready for that yet or do we have anything else we really want to hit on? Oh, I think I'm ready, man. Yeah, I think I don't I don't know. I, I don't think we've missed any part of the movie. And I I hoped I was trying to run through like a timeline of like all the big things that happen in the movie. I think we hit all the big ones, yeah, you know. Uh, I think uh we we we've kind of skipped yeah. over like Casey Affleck's storyline later on in the movie when uh his son grows up uh mm. he's he's a stubborn ass mm. uh, <laughs> who refuses to leave um he's uh he's i get it man i get it but shit mm. like your family's in danger yeah like it's a bad look it's a bad look for that character it just is um, that was a little rough. I guess that was his way of dealing with his dad leaving. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's like, all right, well, grandpa took, you know, he raised me. He's buried out back. Another interesting perspective. Uh, yes, he raved, he raised him in some pretty formative years, but for the first 15 years of his life, his dad did raise him. <laughs> Even, yeah, and it's not like he was a bad dad. He seemed like he was a he really seemed like cool, a very supportive great, good dad. Yeah, like, yeah, single dad. At and, that. I, and I think that's kind of um, like the retroactive, like, like you. Mm-hmm. He left when he was fifteen. He just won't forgive him. Like that's just that's just it. You know, like it's. Imagine how confused he probably was though. Whenever Murph ran outside. After he just got done trying to put out a fire, it's still going. He's just black everywhere in the, you know, just got char all over him. She runs out with a watch and says, it's dad. He was my ghost. He's saving us. He's pissed the fuck off. He's He's like, like, he's like you. (laughs) For one, he's like, my, my crops are burning down. You probably did it. You're in my house. I just told you to get the fuck out and never come back. You're back already trying to take my kids. And then you give me a hug and you're like, dad saved us. And like, he's probably like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> can, you, can you imagine being in his shoes? Like, no, no, <laughs> but, uh, oh my God. But no, yeah. Interesting arc. That was an interesting arc that they decided to go with. But, um, I don't know. They kind of just tossed his character to the side though. It really was just like, Oh yeah. He doesn't get, uh, he doesn't get any resolution with his dad. Really? He doesn't get any, like, he's just kind of like, uh, probably dies bitter. Damn. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Um, I don't know. I, I was, uh, you think they ever make a sequel to this movie? No, I think Christopher Nolan's got some, got some integrity on him there you know like i think he's like you know the story is obviously heading in a direction where he goes and finds anne hathaway and 
they start that colony. Presumably it evolves one day into the fifth dimensional mm-hmm. beings who are able to create this. And then like, it's like just so on and so forth, man. Like, like he left it in a way to where if he wanted to revisit it, he could. Oh yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't be nearly as like, I think this is the part of the story of the world that he built that was like the most grand and epic and I don't know how you can come close to like I don't even know how you extend the story further in a compelling way with Matthew McConaughey's character now that he like we talked about it love love Tars love like the love he felt was for his kids and that's that ship sailed now Uh, Mm. maybe there's a way to go back maybe there's a way to go back Uh, Tars we're going back Tars Mm. going back to 2076 oh that's right they actually got Tars they got him too he was floating out there just with him imagine oh and this this is another like uh, like a, a theory that he didn't live through that and that's his like afterlife Mm. Um and like how beautiful is it, you know like that his daughter has every, every everything figured out and his daughter is the one who figured everything out and that ship's named after her and he's like oh great and then and then he gets to go see that like the work that they did wasn't for anything and it saved the human race you know like it could like it's a perfect ending to the story you know which makes you think like did he really go in a black hole and then just just get pooped out of the wormhole you know and he was floating he was just floating by saturn dude was just chilling out there floating you know um True. with tars out there floating in the middle like right in front of saturn and i guess at that time so much time has passed that like they're probably advanced enough to be like human popped up and well i don't know I don't well know, like, how you find they're a- on a they're not on a planet there they're on this the satellite that I think That's, is hmm. orbiting, I think it's around Saturn. Oh, does there? Because they never show like the outside of the ship, right? Mm-hmm. No, only like do. whenever the ship takes off, you see it. Like, but uh, I never thought about where that ship was. That would be nuts. I think if... it's, I think it is right by the wormhole. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's too far out from it. Oh, then that makes it even more beautiful because like they constructed the wormhole in the first place too. They put it there to make this all happen, and they knew that he would get left there at the end, and that he would be found. You know, like oh goddamn. They were like man. looking out from him from the beginning. They were like, "You're gonna sacrifice a lot, but you'll be fine." Mm. You don't know what the heck's going to happen. You don't even know that you're about to dive into a black hole. And you know? we never, we haven't even said Michael Caine's name. Damn. Like, uh, the whole when he's confessing to Murph on the on at at his bed, like laying there, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I lied, man. We can't do it. Plan B is the only plan." Hmm. Uh, fuck. Like, no. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you solved that equation 40 years ago or whatever. Like something Murph, like that. Murphy and like, uh, you knew, didn't you? My dad knew, didn't he? Like, he left us here to die. Made it like, even worse. Yeah, like, that made it even worse. And then you're like, no, like, no. It made it made the redemption. Even no, better. he is also yeah. getting fucked over. Mm. Probably and arguably harder than you are. <laughs> I mean, um, freaking... Brandon, do you think Bran actually knew, or like she didn't? 
Like, I don't think she did. I don't think she knew okay. that part. You know, like, I think he was like, a, he told her, you know, plan B is a probable option, a little bit more probable mm. than he made it seem to uh, Cooper. Like, I think she she had a much better understanding of this is more than likely the route mm. we're going to have to go, you know. But I don't think she knew for sure that plan A had zero chance of happening. Like, mm. at, at least according to my, at least according yeah. to her, what was her dad? Is that her dad? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dad. Yeah. Um. But, man, yeah, just, like, instantly wrote off their chances. Was like, yep. Sorry, it ain't gonna work. And I don't. But it's Murph who can figure it out. Ah, uh, love Tars. Love Tars. Love. So for me, let's get to this enjoy. Let's get to this fucking rating. You know, for those joining us for the first time, we've got three ratings that combine into our final rating. We got our enjoyment on a scale of one to five stars. Just how much this movie connected with us. We've got how well it fulfills its genres. This will be like a a sci-fi action drama sort of deal. Um, And then critically, just how good it was. Filmmaking, acting, soundtrack, like all the cinematography, editing, all those sorts of things that go into the creation of film. We kind of sum up that rating there. We combine those three, take the average of them, and it becomes our uh, Penny Bloom film rating. So we start with enjoyment. Uh, where are you sitting? Uh, because for me, mm. for me, this is a five. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, it's the immediate number that jumped to my head. And then I'm like, all right, let me just look at the, the four nines and four eight fives. And let's just see. It's not close. Uh, nah, it's, uh, four nine American gangster and Goodfellas. uh, four eight five kill bills. And then like my neighbor to Toro. And I'm like, I, I mean, Interstellar is a five, baby. And that yeah. makes it our first five of the 2010s. Yeah, first five since Slumdog Millionaire in the enjoyment. Um, God, it feels good to be back in the five train in the enjoyment, baby, because mm. I love when we get to cover a five enjoyment. And I guess let me ask you, within these fives, where does it – because I, I, I think it's – all right, it's there there fun. are some things I would Ooh. like to fuck with a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, like I'm very like God. It's so interesting seeing how how we've how we've got this right now because I don't know. Mm. There might be a few things I want to fuck with just because like the ever changing perception of how I enjoy my movies and stuff. Uh, for me, this is up in that up in that tier with a uh, Jurassic Park and. Mm. Raiders, uh, and I think King Kong should probably drop down a tier if I had to guess. Um, mm. I think uh, that was a fun movie, but uh, in comparison to the others now, it, it is it hasn't aged as well in my mind as these others have. Uh, doesn't mean, yeah, like it's still in that second tier of fives. Like it's top just outside the top five now, but nevertheless, Interstellar's up there. You know, this is one of the most enjoyable movies of all time for me. Uh, that first watch, that first watch experience is, I don't know that it's been matched by a single thing I've ever watched as far as a movie is concerned. Mm. Uh, and, you know, shout out to Jonathan Nolan for having that capability. 
uh, as Westworld season one is also my favorite first watch of a television show ever. And he co-wrote that with Lisa Joy. Um, So dudes, dudes got the sci-fi shit on lock on lock. It's, it's no doubt good for him. Uh, You know, I mean, I think he also co-wrote inception, but jeez, he co-wrote everything that Christopher Nolan's directed uh, anyway, but, uh, then kind of like an unsung like hero like i didn't really i i've kind of almost, always given christopher nolan like all the credit almost uh, arguably every bit is important uh, like christopher nolan's just the the symbol the figurehead but like behind the scenes you know Jonathan it's, it's nolan really... is working to be uh one of the greatest movie writers of all time mm, he's, he's movie and television writers yeah yeah wrote wrote the dark knight um damn the Dark Knight, uh, Batman Begins, Memento, uh, The Prestige. Oh, oh, shit! Yeah, like he's 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 got Ooh. the shits. He's got the shits, and I mean, obviously, Christopher Nolan directed all those, which is not less important. Fair. But uh, fair that uh, they work together to create some pretty awesome shit, which is cool. Just a pair of brothers, two brothers mm-hmm. in a van. Love, uh, love Tars, love, but uh. Yeah, so genre. So, so if you're asking someone, if you're someone goes, I want a science fiction movie to watch. <laughs> I mean, feels pretty genre define defining. You know, like it's a uh, that drama, that sci-fi, that action, the way it blends together, and it's so fucking good. I mean, it's like if I need a sci-fi movie to recommend to anyone. Like, that's the thing. It's like the first sci like whenever I see sci-fi, I'm like, all right, Star Wars. Like, it's kind of what pops in my brain first. Can't really recommend Star Wars to anyone because it's just kind of harder to get into. But this one is just like a general. You will like this movie. movie. Like, and yeah. if you don't, um, I don't know what you're watching for. I don't know. I, I This is what I would say required viewing um, when it comes to movies. It joins that five out of five tier for uh, genres uh, being our first five out of five in the genre category since Avatar uh, in 2009. So again, first five out of five in genre for the decade of the 2010s as well, Mm. which is rearing it up to be far and away the best movie of the 2010s mm. uh, so far through the first half anyway. Uh, so critically this, and interestingly enough, you know, this is the only place it falls. I mean, it mm. had nowhere to go, but down <laughs> um, it, both the other ratings were five out of fives, but it doesn't fall too incredibly far uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh you know, I think, I think it falls somewhere in that four eight five, mm. because you know I think Christopher Nolan is a pretty awesome director. He gets a lot out of his actors, uh, but uh, stylistically, he's always kind of bored me. Mm. Like, there's not a lot going on on screen that re- like 
it is the story that he's putting forth that always gets me for his movies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm. And this does have some pretty awesome visuals as far as the uh, the space stuff is concerned, uh, and the, the the fourth or fifth dimension and the fucking black holes and shit like that. It's pretty. It's pretty epic. You know, like it is. It is epic. Um. But when we're just with the actors, mm. uh, nothing really standing out, you know. Like it's just, it's all just kind of there. Um, I can dig. Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't think it's up in the the Godfather Shawshank. It's know, not. Jaws, it's not. Like, it's. Uh, I mean, like it's great. It's fucking great. It's still with Jurassic Park, The Matrix, Kill Bill, Goodfellas. I mean, it's it's in great company. Great company, Gladiator, um, Train Spotting. Like it's like four eight five is feeling the tear. Uh, mm. Feels feels right for me. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what that averages it out to. I mean, shoot, that's gonna be like a four nine something or nine five. Four nine five. That, is, that? is that tied with the Matrix? It's technically. In third, tied for third if you count Star Wars, um, or in second place if you don't count Star Wars. Um, so, um, a four nine five. I mean, shoot, that's that's pretty freaking good. That's pretty freaking good. Uh, that makes me very happy. We haven't had a movie climb that high. Uh, this decade at all like we've 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 hit a relatively compared to the other movies that we've covered throughout the throughout the list a slow patch in comparison you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like uh mm -hmm. and to, to get one that's breaking that top five for the first for the first time since like american gangster and slumdog millionaire like you know like that's seven eight weeks ago since we've covered movies that were compelling us on a, on this level and uh and then before that, it was The Matrix, really. Back to ninety nine. Yeah, like... not making a great case for themselves in the mm -hmm. uh, in the greatest of all time sort of uh, uh, decades discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, not That's... really, not really. But uh, starting the month of November, pretty strong though. <laughs> and he thinks November is going to be strong all in mm. all. So with that, Interstellar comes to a 4.95 out of 5. Uh, man, what a fucking movie. What mm. a fucking movie. And with that, we conclude another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast and our 52-year journey through film continues uh, next week. We're covering a movie from 2015, and what we're going to be doing is the big short uh, pretty pretty big one from the from 2015. Definitely won some uh, won some awards. Mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to covering that as it'll be my first real watch of the film. You know, like I've watched it before, but I didn't understand it in the fucking slightest. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to jumping into another Adam McKay movie. Uh, you know, after uh, Don't Look Up this past year and Vice and stuff like I, I he's a He's got a good handle on uh, on some things. We got a Kansas City Film Critics Circle Award film coming up. Let's oh, go. It's our first yes. in quite a while. First in um, quite a while, but uh, <laughs> the big short next week. Be there or be square.
head to patreon.com slash corobloom, that's C-O-R-O-B-L-O-O-M, where you'll find over 30 hours of exclusive content, including about two and a half hours. Oh, wait, no, this is coming out in November. Won't even mention it. A few months back in June, got a lot of content, though, um, on Patreon. So, yeah, patreon.com slash corobloom, C-O-R-O-B-L-O-O-M. Uh, all that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on, cost me money, and I don't make any off of it. So that's a huge help. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. I was Colton Robertson, joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. And it's always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, Tars, love, and bloom. And always praise Interstellar.